Video games are the youth phenomenon of our day. That's right, they're playing video games for money. And I'm definitely not gonna let uh, Mass Effect in my house. The level of violence on video games is really shaping young people's thoughts. Hey, my mom just canceled my brother's World of Warcraft account, and he is freaking out. The children are developing relationships with all these Pokemon creatures. And then there's the argument that video games can be art. USS, I can't What started with a little game called Pong only grows with every advance in micro technology. Welcome to Hit Point Pals. I'm Travis Lean. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about video games and we share hit points. If one of us dies, both of us die. This is very true. And when you die, you go to meet God. So, God Eater 3. Has uh, apparently just gotten some footage, and I, I I saw this, and I thought, I I this is bringing back some very bad memories of our one experience with this franchise, despite the fact. But that why we was our experience so bad? That's a very good question. Uh just I, I I suppose the problem with God Eater, or at least for us, was it's this game with a thousand concepts, and it introduces them like all at once or at least in the span of like 10 minutes this so we, is a jrpg uh yes it's like a third person japanese action game i mean game. it's a it's a fighting game and it's a japanese game and i i don't play a ton of of straight up japanese games yeah i i've i've heard some people say it's kind of like monster hunter but i've played some of like at least the most recent monster hunter and i i suppose you i can kind of get that comparison but i'd say there's still like a world of difference between them i mean so i mean god eater 2 i think we played because we we realized that it had co-op and yeah what i remember mostly from god eater 2 is we ran around in weird environments and we fought big creatures and there was no weight to the combat everything was very fluid and over the top like like an anime <laughs> i mean yeah which I, I i certainly kind of i i don't know i kind of like that visual style but i think my big problem with that game was all right here's your lance you can upgrade it this you can do these different things here there's seven types of ammunition for this thing you can do this, haha, and they, it's all being introduced like all at once. So there's like no point of reference to work from. You just have a thousand concepts piled on you all at once. And I don't know, maybe maybe I wasn't in the best mindset to be playing it when we did, but at the end of like that half hour or hour of playing it, I had I had a headache from trying to figure all that out. When was uh when was the last entry then? Oh man, uh I don't know. I, let me look that up. God Eater. God, God Eater. 2013, I believe. Yeah, 2013 for uh, God Eater 2. Well, okay, and did we play God Eater Rage Burst? I think we played... Yes, I believe we did. How is this God Eater 3 when it looks like there's like 10 games? Hey, man. <laughs> That's that's for them to know and us to just I guess buy these games and play them. Uh, another game I saw was uh well, it had already been announced, but um EA I guess gave a bit of a release window for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and I feel like 
I have a lot of anticipation for this game because, I mean, we haven't really had a Star Wars, you know, like story-centric game in a very long time. Um, I mean, I don't know that we've had a good one like ever, except for Knights of the Old Republic, like over a decade ago. But I mean, EA has 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 had a lot of uh, shade thrown at them for the whole just everything i guess that they've yeah, done everything battlefront 2 and recently i mean battlefront 2 and the loot boxes and then the whole dropping a couple of star wars games over the past couple of years and i guess the only one that really has 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 held on is this jedi fallen order game and we don't really know much about it i'd say we don't um, know anything about it yeah I mean, there's I no mean, gameplay or concept art or anything as far as i know it's just a, a fall release <laughs> You know? Yeah, they gave us like a, a they gave us a title reveal, and that was about it. There's rumors about how like it'll feature a a Jedi who, I guess, is presumably trying to survive during the whole Order sixty six uh situation, <laughs> the situation, I feel, the uh, I feel, genocide. I don't know. I feel like, uh, yeah, that's that's certainly a rumor, but it's also like, I mean, that's like the only thing I could imagine it being about. After all, it's called Star Wars jedi fallen order so i mean it's got to be something about that I yeah feel. i mean i guess it, it could be that it could be like um it could be trying to rebuild the jedi or something after after return of the jedi mm. in that era um anyway it just I, I i'm curious to see how this is handled from a narrative standpoint because in my opinion most of the narrative star wars games have just kind of been these little side stories and i feel like like that's kind of fun but in the world of star wars it um i don't know it doesn't really excite me to play as like a bompo the bounty hunter and like go on a little adventure um and not really have any sort of effect on the broader story of star wars i the thing about the thing about knights of the old republic that i really like is that it let you create a character and just kind of go through the whole stages of like uh, becoming aware that you're force sensitive and training to become a Jedi and all, just going through a whole arc. Um, yeah. And I mean, those like Knights of the Old Republic one and two. Yeah. You've kind of you know, you've got that arc of figuring out you're force sensitive and you start out really like lowly. You don't you're not very powerful. But by the end of it, you've kind of gone on this huge operatic, you know, Star Wars adventure. You know, I mean. Yeah, you, you've you've been like the centerpiece of this great galactic adventure, and that's like the the epic scope of those games. Whereas if you're playing, I don't know, Star Wars Bounty Hunter, like like kind of what you were getting at, you're playing like Bounty Hunter Bombo, and you're like, oh, I I caught a bounty. It's like okay, that's that's cool, but a big thing in all like every Star Wars film is this huge galactic adventure. Yeah, so I mean, if Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is some something where you play uh, Klingo Bazooki and you <laughs> try to escape the 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 pursuing clones during Order sixty six or something like that, that that that's probably going to entertain me for eight to twelve hours, I guess. And then I I I don't know. I just I hope Star Wars games start going in a, in a better direction. I mean, we there's been kind mm. of a drought, and then there's been like the Battlefront two situation, and I the Battlefront 2 is is not it doesn't satisfy any any narrative uh need for Star Wars. It satisfies a, a desire to like play in the Star Wars universe. It captures the 
look and feel and sound of Star Wars extremely well, but it is just like an arcade uh, arena type game. Yeah, there's no real, I mean, with the exception of the campaign, there's not really, you know, any, there's nothing new to the Star Wars world. You're just kind of, oh, I, yeah, Naboo, yeah, I'm here again. Yeah, oh, right, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's kind of a, a sandbox. It's like when you're a kid mm-hmm. and you have a bunch of Star Wars toys and you have them, like, beat each other up. <laughs> yeah. You buy everyone's favorite Sith hero, uh, Count Dooku, I believe, was just dropped into the game. Uh, I actually, I played through the Star Wars Battlefront Two campaign uh, last week for the first time, and... Mm. Kind of like what I was saying, I, I guess it, it satisfied my desire to have, to, to, to be in Star Wars, but I think that's about as far as it goes. Like, it, it wasn't a very good game overall, but it, it did have that sense of, of Star Wars immersion that I guess I was looking for, and if nothing else, it, it satisfied that. I will say the, the space battles, the space combat missions... Uh, in that game, I thought were really cool, and they made me pretty nostalgic for like the Rogue Squadron series. I mean, it's it's so crazy that EA certainly has the resources to you know maybe make another space flight sim or something. Uh, and they and they like you like you just pointed out, yeah, in Battlefront Two they've got those space flight missions and all that. And we used to have games like Rebel Strike, you know, Rogue Squadron, uh, Star Wars Starfighter. We need like I don't know like a new one. I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, it would it would look amazing. It's weird that, to me that they all seem to have come from like one era in gaming, and then there was like a drop off from like two thousand three to two thousand six or so. Yeah, like and I mean, frame. I wonder, I I wonder why that was. I feel like maybe if I just pulled up like a list of canceled Star Wars projects and stuff, I might get a better picture. Mm-hmm. But like, what was LucasArts doing? Like after, I I don't know after 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 that era where they made a lot of good Star Wars games. Yeah, I don't know. In terms of flight sims, I know flight sims used to be really, really big in like the 90s. And I'm assuming maybe it tapered off by the early 2000s. And then that was kind of like the tail end of a big interest in flight sims. But uh, recently, uh, there was a a flight sim game that had just come out. I I can't remember what it was called. I think something like Ace Combat. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ace Combat had come out, and that's on all the major consoles. It's on PC. It's been getting pretty good reviews. So I feel like, you know, there's there's evidently a market for this. And it, actually, if we're going to be talking about a market for spaceflight games, I mean, for goodness sake, Star Citizen has gathered millions of dollars for this space galaxy sim game. I mean, you'd think a space combat game could get money. I don't know all the details about Star Citizen, but I guess my impression was that it's supposed to be like an RPG that has like a focus on spaceflight, but it's not exclusively spaceflight, right? Yeah, it, it seems like it's going to be, well, I don't know. I mean, the game's not even really out, but it seems like it's It's going to be, yeah, spaceflight, first person, walking around ships, trading. It's going to be everything in, in quotes there. And I think there's I think there's applications to be made with uh, VR technology, which is now available. They they did a PS4 VR exclusive uh, Starfighter mission for Battlefront 2. Oh, I right, haven't gotten yeah. to play the mission, but uh, the people who have have really enjoyed it, it seems. And uh, I, I think there's potential for some sort of VR based uh, extended Star Wars Starfighter experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean, with VR, um, I own a VR headset, and uh, although I haven't played this game, uh, Elite Dangerous, 
I've heard a lot of people say, oh, it's really great to play in VR. Uh, and I'd like to give it a shot. Maybe it's not my type of game. I'd be more interested in a flight uh, combat sim of some sort, not in, not like a space trading game. But yeah. with VR headsets, you know, I, I feel like flight sims especially could get like a new lease on life because I can understand maybe motion sickness in games where you have to walk around, but while you're wearing VR, you're not actually moving your body. Whereas in a right. flight sim, you're in a chair and, you know... Y- your headset just allows you to look around, so there's less of a layer of of of, uh, of abstraction when yeah, it comes it's, to playing. Yeah, it's the it's the natural situation for you to be put in if you're playing yeah, VR. Yeah, um, and although I do think you know VR could give flight sims another lease on life. I think one of the big issues that VR has in general right now, it's getting better, but it still has this big problem of price. I mean, for goodness' sake, uh, yeah. to play a game with. Um, like the, the Oculus Rift right now, in order to play something on the Oculus Rift, you have to have a gaming PC, uh, right. and then you have to have room for multiple sensors, uh, you have to have the money to drop on a gaming rig and uh, a VR headset, and although they've come down in price, they're still quite expensive. So there's all these barriers to entry that you know kind of keep this VR market kind of small. So at the same time, I can understand why people might not want to develop a flight game for VR or have VR support, because... Is there really that much of a consumer base out there for that? Okay, so the other thing I do want to talk about is uh, there's been more talk of the Oculus Rift S, which oh, uh, which yeah. was rumored last November. But um, you sent me this article, and I, I believe there was some, some code or some support files discovered about something called the Oculus Rift S, which mm-hmm. kind of helped validate is its, its existence. So... Um, let me just, I'll hand it over to you for, for a little bit. Just tell me what, what you know about uh, the Oculus Rift S and and you being the one of, of, of us who has a VR headset. Uh, uh, yeah. Tell me I, what you think about this. Um, I think it's the right direction for VR right now. Um, I can understand a lot of people have been really, really wanting maybe the Rift 2 and it would have all sorts of these features that Oculus has kind of presented at their keynotes for... Um, uh, adjustable cameras, uh, I mean, adjustable lenses, pardon me, uh, lenses right. that'll rotate so that you can focus in on objects close to you, higher resolution, uh, better tracking. A lot of people really want those things, but right now I think the big thing is dropping the cost of VR and refining what we have right now, and that's what the rumored Oculus Rift S will provide. It'll have um, inside-out tracking, which is cameras in the headset that look outwards so that they Mm -hmm. can track your hands and so on from there rather than the current setup which is sensors you set on tables or on your ceiling or somewhere else to track you right um there's some downsides to inside out tracking but i think that overall requires less less of a a, maybe of a commitment because with sensors you have to plug them in all over your pc Get them set up in places, hopefully permanently, because you don't want to be taking them down all the time. Whereas with inside-out tracking, plug in your headset to the PC, uh, if it requires a, a wire or cable, and then just put it on. I mean, you wouldn't need any sensors. You wouldn't need to reserve specific places for these cables and all these sensors. It would be a lot easier for people to set up and use. Right. I mean, I guess the the idea of the the underlying idea behind VR is that it's supposed to be a very immersive experience. And mm-hmm. I feel like if you have to set up 
all this uh, hardware throughout your your play space and be tethered by a, a cable to this to, to, to this kind of bulky um, uh, headset, then mm-hmm. that has to take away from the experience. I mean, I understand it's the, it's the best form that we have right now. I, I I don't know if they're if they're planning to I, or I'm sure they're planning to try and maybe cut down on the size of the headset and such. I, I mean, maybe that'd be in like a future iteration when the technology is better. Yeah, I would also I would also certainly hope that the price would be lower. Do um, you think that the Oculus Rift S would be a lower price than the Oculus that's out right now at three fifty? See, I I feel like the inside out tracking. Um, you know, that that's an entirely different uh, approach than they've currently got. But right. at the same time, if they come out with an Oculus Rift S and it's the same price and plays the same games as the current Oculus Rift, I don't know if that's a very convincing device to get people to purchase it. I'm not, I mean, I'm not asking for like a hundred dollars less. Mm-hmm. I feel like 50 bucks. Like I can understand maybe someone's been waiting out on, I've been holding out on picking up premium VR and then a new one comes out and it's a bit cheaper than other headsets, even the other Oculus Rift. They might pick that up and users of current Oculus Rifts probably won't pick it up. I can't imagine them really needing to, but if they want to, it's 50 bucks less than the current Oculus Rift, which is already a reasonable price. So I, I feel like 50 bucks cheaper than the current Rift would be a sensible price to me. That being said, I don't know much about the business side. I don't understand the industry. I don't really know uh, how profitable it is, so I could very well be wrong. But I, I think slightly cheaper than the current Rift would would make a lot of sense for the Rift S. I guess what I was thinking was because the Rift S is... Well, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. The Rift S is supposed to be more powerful overall? I think... I think the Rift S... I, I don't... I think the Rift S is just going to be another PC-based... VR, so I don't think it'll be more powerful. Okay, no, I get that, I guess. But I guess what I meant was, like, more capable of different things? Oh, maybe. I think it might have a higher resolution. Okay, I, I mean, I'm stuff not, like that, sure. I guess. If if that's the case, I, I, I guess the way I, the, the way I uh, envisioned it was, like, they would continue selling the original Oculus, but maybe they would sell this Rift S as, like, a slightly higher-priced version. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I know the big competitor with Oculus right now has been HTC, and they have their HTC Vive. Yeah, come they out just with... announced the Vive Pro, I believe, at CES. I, I think it, yeah, and, uh, they they they've already got the Vive Pro out. It's it's Vive Odyssey, oh, I'm sorry. I think, or something. The Vi- they announced a Vive, Vive something. Yeah, it was another Vive headset, and I know the Pro had a higher resolution than the base Vive, and that cost quite a bit more. And then this new one might as well. Um, so yeah, maybe you're right. The, maybe the Rift S will cost more than base Rift because of the higher resolution and things like that. The new technologies for inside out tracking, at least for Oculus. So it, it might, I, huh. yeah, I mean, I guess I could go either way. I've, yeah, I've been thinking of this as like trying to bring down the costs of VR, but they might price the Rift S a bit up for the new resolution and to keep profitability of some sort. Right. I guess what I remember from from the CES announcement was that uh, Vive had announced two headsets. One was available now, uh, the Cosmos, 
I believe, but the, at the same time, they said they were working on a, a more powerful version that would be released sometime down the line. Hmm. Uh, I've put off getting a, a VR headset for a while, and I feel like uh, the best thing for me to do is to wait for the Oculus Rift S. Uh, even though it hasn't officially been announced, it's it's pretty solidly a thing that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the... Oculus at the current price is is tempting, but I feel like I've I, it's been out for three years, and just the way hardware cycles and stuff, I um, I'd be interested in in the Oculus Rift S, uh, depending on you know what it does, what the price is, and who it's yeah. who it's geared towards. Seeing whether or not it's you know worth dropping a couple hundred dollars on. Yeah, I mean, I do. I already have a gaming PC that can that can handle VR. At least, mm-hmm. I mean, I have. I don't know this for sure, but it's it's. Spec wise, I believe in theory it should be able to handle VR very well. Yeah, um, and I guess so, now, now would be, I mean, yeah, if if this new headset uh, is is a worthwhile purchase, I mean, now is the best time to get into VR, especially compared right. to a couple of years ago, and especially compared to when VR, you know, the Oculus and the Vive first released, because <laughs> games back then were just almost entirely tech demos and now you actually have games like real games that you can play okay well let's talk about that real quick because you've had Mm -hmm. an oculus for since when the oculus i think came out in 2016 some some month in 2016 yes and i've had mine since about 2017 okay so when you got your headset i mean what was the availability of vr games like um in my opinion, not too great. Uh, I know Oculus had a, some exclusives, um, which, uh, you know, that's a, that's a different question about whether or not that's a good idea. But Oculus had some exclusives. I played one called Robo Recall that they had, and that was a very fun, very good-looking, arcade kind of game. Um, mm. I, I don't know. Even then, I think there were a couple, maybe one or two space flight kind of games. The Steam Store was cluttered with a lot of kind of shovelware just shoveled out garbage in my opinion mm-hmm. um oh, man yeah there i i can't re- remember there being a whole lot of really big vr games around that time i guess there was a horror game that you can get on steam called dread halls which was a first person you're kind of going through this maze in a horror game that was pretty neat but yeah over time there's been a whole lot more kind of brought out like Senua's Sacrifice, that was a PC console game. Even that got a uh, PC port of some sort. Although, from what I've seen, cutscenes revert to kind of 2D, so it's like you're in a theater watching a flat screen. Oh, yeah. Which, I can understand okay, why, yeah. because they would have framed framed their cutscenes a certain way, and then going into VR, I mean, you you have to have a way to focus what you're getting at, and you can't really have the player looking away or looking around. Right. Um, so, oh, yeah, and more recently, Skyrim, Skyrim VR, Fallout 4 VR. Mm-hmm. Um, those might not be, those might not make the greatest use of VR, because menus are still very rooted in console kind of menus where you're thumbing sure. through them on a control stick rather than, you know, something more intuitive like reaching out and grabbing something. But it's a step mm-hmm. towards big uh, open world or at least more expansive adventures in virtual reality. And I think Oculus yeah. has a couple more exclusives planned for this year. We'll see how those turn out, but 
yeah, now VR is getting like a lot more games and there's some stealth games that are coming out that look pretty cool. There's multiplayer games. Um, a game called Windlands 2 has co-op and that looks like a lot of fun. I mean, there's there are real games coming out for VR now and that I could I would assume can only get better. I mean, sure, the hype for VR isn't as great as it was, you know, two or three years ago, but the actual things you can do with VR are greater than ever. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very interested to see where where Oculus takes uh, their hardware next, and I'm definitely interested in getting into VR myself. I remember we uh, we went to a, a Best Buy tech demo <laughs> yeah. years ago, and we we tried out the the Oculus uh, Rift with with the guy who stood there and said, "Hello, would you like to try out the Oculus oh, Rift?" Yes, the myth, the mythic man himself. Um, I think my favorite thing that I had played there was a um, like a like a wizard like a like a mage type game i i had a a, a shield on my left hand and i oh, had like yeah. i could cast fireballs with my right hand man that was that was badass yeah i, I also, think i also remember i think you were the first to try it and i remember you you got to be in this room where you had a lot of things you could pick up oh yeah 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 <laughs> and uh yeah there was like a little like a little robot in there and yeah it was a demo to like oh look you can pick up all these things you can like insert them into this like vcr player and all this stuff yeah and uh you know i at that before that i had no experience with vr of any kind so this was this was other world i felt like i had seen uh, the future of gaming uh, yeah I, remember, I mean we had heard about it but we wanted to we wanted to see it firsthand and so i believe yeah. we looked up like best buy vr demo times and we found one and we just went there and we casually approached the guy <laughs> we stood like in his in his line of sight to to trigger him to say hello would you like to try the oculus i didn't i felt like i didn't want to like waltz into the best buy as the person who was there to specifically try the oculus rift <laughs> we had to be invited in yeah <laughs> i think for me the moment i knew like how lost i was in that vr demo was i went to rest my hand on a table <laughs> because I had been I had been placing objects on a table and my I, I don't know I just I registered that as a table so I was like oh wow so I went to lean on a table psych there was no table and I almost <laughs> fell over and it was like oh geez that could have gone very poorly but at the same time that was a very neat experience yeah I mean that's man that's something I, I've never experienced outside of VR. I mean, there's times where I think there's a chair that I'm going to sit on, but there isn't a chair. But I mean, <laughs> this is a case of like, I'm in a virtual world. I haven't left where fooled. I am. I've been, yeah, been, been bamboozled. Stuff that isn't really there. I've been scared. Okay, I mean, it's kind of like, I remember when I, when I went to see the movie Avatar for the first time, mm -hmm. a movie that we don't really remember anymore, but, but I remember it because it was the, uh, it was the first time we had had that sort of, um, very, I, I am going to say realistic, I guess, looking 3D. And there's a scene where someone like throws a, like, like, uh, someone launches a smoke grenade and it like comes flying at the screen. And I remember like <laughs> jerking my head very instinctively because like I, my brain just registered it as a real thing that was flying at me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And I wonder like. Nowadays, when I hear, you know, 3D movies, that, that does not appeal to me because there were just so many bad 3D yeah. movies in and around the time of Avatar and even now. Yes. And I wonder, yeah, I'll look back on my memories of getting into VR as like this, whoa, I, I thought there was a table, but there was, it was like, it was like nothing else. And I wonder 
if VR will still be around in another 10 years, I assume it will. And how will we look back on these early days of VR? I mean, what will, where will this go? Right. I hope when they launch the Oculus Rift S, the box comes with a uh, with uh, user quotes, and one of them just says, "I thought there was a table, and there wasn't." Oh, William. yeah, I'd be honored. <laughs> oh, speaking of games that are like now on VR, I think very recently, um, I, I, within like the past year, battle royale games <laughs> have been coming to VR. I mean, Wait, there they have. Lo- yes, there have been. There's like two battle royale games on VR that I can think of. One's a mode and one's like a full-on VR like game. Okay. I believe one I of them I did not know this. I believe one of them was called Bullets and More. It got a battle royale mode uh for a while and that was very popular. Okay. Um, I don't think anybody really plays that anymore though, but that I think that's more up to the fact that 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 game's kind of dead now. But I think a big one in terms of at least big for a player base and VR is called standout VR battle Royale. Um, I think that might've come out around the time player unknowns battlegrounds was getting really, really big. Hmm. Uh, I, I know that still has quite a few players and I think that there's even more battle Royale VR games coming out. I think there's one called population one. Uh, I, I, I haven't tr- heard too much about that. I think they might've, I think they released some sort of gameplay last year, but I mean, yeah, there's even battle royale games coming out for that, whether or not, you know, you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, okay, I've seen there be some sort of like push to have VR esports. Um, I don't I don't know how yeah. how quickly that that could happen or or even if people would want that or care about that. I I've just like I've just heard whispers on the wind really. Yeah, I feel like we're too early for VR esports. I do too. I think, but it's it's interesting that that there's I guess some people who think that it might be like the next big thing or something. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But who knows? It might, it may very well be, and if it keeps growing and improving, hey, I can see that. I mean, it's also I feel like it's a very um I feel like it's not very spectator accessible. So like when I watch a VR like video on YouTube or something, someone something that someone's recorded gameplay off their VR headset. It's not it's not very fun to watch. I would say it's interesting to watch to see like, th- as someone who doesn't own VR hardware right now, it's interesting to watch and see like this sort of stuff that can happen in VR. But it's not very um pleasant to watch because you're stuck in this person's like all of all of their little head movements and everything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like VR it it's definitely. Uh, it's it's definitely geared towards the experience and not the spectatorship of it. Yeah, if there was some sort of a VR esport, it would have to be, it would have to be showing. There'd be the big spectator cameras and all that, but they'd have to be showing you know players from top down in third person, showing a player in first person in maybe like a VR esport, whatever that would look like. Yeah, I don't think they could really do that unless they wanted users at home to start vomiting everywhere yeah i mean do you uh do you remember how in like spy kids 3d these people get into like virtual mechs and fight each other in the arena yeah it's like on the moon or something (laughs) yeah kind of yeah i have a vague memory of that but that just that that image of like juni or whatever getting into this virtual mech to control a real big mech is that's kind of how I that's that's kind of how I think of like 
what VR esports could look like. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess you'd have players on a stage somewhere. Uh, as far as like esports production, they'd probably use you know cameras on the the players because now you've got something more uh, active to look at rather than a person sitting in front of a computer, right? Yeah, you've, you've got a, a person now who is like, depending on what game it is, they could be swinging their arms, they could be they could be controlling a giant running robot swinging a sword or whatever, and that's more interesting to watch than the. Than you know, some guy's the, the, eyes then and seeing then five what he people sees. five people versus five people on on a stage sitting in front of a row of computers yeah yeah and i think another thing with that is vr has to become i think more popular for that to happen because with esports right now with like counter-strike which has been around yeah for like ages or league of legends or dota or any other i mean these games are free or and if they're not free they're pretty low cost so people watching at home you know they can play these games too they can kind of relate to what's going i mean they're not as good as those players or maybe they are but you know there's some sort of you're you're familiar with it you can kind of think about oh what you would do you're really interested to see what plays they've got how they play whereas with vr right now it's still so niche that yeah i mean it'd be cool to see people in robots fighting but I mean, if you don't own a VR headset like most people, okay, cool. I can't participate like participate in any way. It's yeah, it's neat, but I'm not familiar with this at all. You know, there's yeah, it's it's interesting because I feel like in traditional sports, the the demographic of like an NFL game is is I I don't know like like adult men who who don't really they they don't play football, but the demographic of an esports broadcast is typically like the i don't know like 16 to 26 year old crowd that plays the game and they're Mm. interested because they get to see people playing this game that they're very familiar with at the highest possible level and if you were to take this and translate it to vr right now like like right this second (laughs) i mean there's not that many people who are familiar with vr and i like you said you mentioned some battle royale games in vr i didn't even know those existed so yeah it'd have to be a case of the 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 populace would have to fall more in love with VR, I think, for VR esports to have any sort of success. Yeah, I mean, it, it like like you said with um comparing American football and the people who watch that to esports and the people who watch that, like if there was some sort of a new sport that just came, like a new physical sport that was developed and only twenty people played it, whack ball. Yeah, like whack ball. Nobody. ESPN is not going to be showing whack ball the whack ball yeah. finals because it's such a tiny thing there's no audience for it. You need to build that audience. And like we were talking about with battle royale games on VR, I'm not sure how well those are doing because right now although battle royale is huge, one of the big things with the current battle royale games um is they're either cheap, they go on sale a lot like player unknowns or they're free like Fortnite which is the biggest like the it's a it's a behemoth of a game battle royale aside um and then uh ea just a few days ago launched their own battle royale game for free as well maybe to compete with fortnite uh, and that seems to be doing pretty well uh i believe it's called apex legends yeah yeah yeah, yes. yeah of course we have we've uh yeah, we played uh, we i, I played don't i don't know that i don't know that we that we talk about vr games really in terms of like how well they're doing Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know. Like we do with 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 non VR games. I mean, we we kind of 
people tend to look at the market across uh games and say like this this game is is selling is outselling all the other games this particular week or the or it won this month but i mean vr games are just so small still that it, mm-hmm. i i don't i don't know what's going on in the world of vr games i'd probably know more if i if i played them but i i don't see a lot of of news about like what vr games are being successful and which ones are not yeah i think the most you ever hear about vr games is while this game has some really neat concepts or it, it this game is really neat uh maybe it's it's got some like great level of immersion or something but it's the discussion's never on sales it's always on yeah. features in the game when they write about vr if ever um, whereas for other bigger games, it's kind of already given that they have a shot at doing very well financially. So there's discussion about that. Right. So let's talk about uh, Apex Legends. Yeah, Apex Legends, which whose Apex name I Legends, had spaced on, despite the fact we have played it for a, a couple times. <laughs> Apex Legends, uh, they kind of pulled a Beyonce. They tried to pull a Beyonce, uh, just like announce it and drop it. It got leaked. So, uh, But that didn't seem to, to, to hurt it at all. I no. It it's it it blew everything else out of the water. I I was not I was not expecting that. Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought ba- the battle royale genre was pretty much filled. You know, you got Fortnite that, and all that. I thought that Fortnite had solidified its spot as the king of battle royale games, and that we would s- we would quickly start to see less and less VR games um, being released. I mean, not. Just like a few weeks ago, I think the most popular game on Twitch had had moved from Fortnite to Sea of Thieves, mm-hmm. which was interesting to me. And so I I I thought that we were seeing kind of like a, a leveling out of the of the battle royale genre in terms of of you know like newcomers to the stage and all that. When I had heard about Apex Legends, yeah, they dropped like a trailer and then said, yeah, it's out today or something like that. I wasn't too interested in it because. I knew it was from the developers of Titanfall, but I had never really played those games. I heard good things about them, but, oh, it was a battle royale. And what's their gimmick? It, they've got heroes. Oh, wow. Cool. But it's free on Origin, so I figured, okay, and the download's not very big, so I'd give it a shot. Um, And, th- and then we, we, we both downloaded it and started started it up, and it was... I don't... I, I thought I was burnt out on battle royale games. Like, that's never been my favorite genre at all, but... I'm really liking Apex Legends, like a lot. Yeah, so I guess as far as how the game plays, it's it's an interesting like uh, use of a hero roster. Yeah. Uh, Battle Royale usually you everyone is the same person, and then you pick up stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But in Apex Legends, you get to pick kind of a, like a starting um, character who has these different abilities, and that's who you're gonna play for this round. So I guess it reminds me a little bit of like, like Overwatch with a smaller hero cast, of course, because mm-hmm. I believe there's eight heroes and six of them are playable. Yeah, right yes, off the bat. Yes, that's yeah, that's correct. I mean, yeah, I didn't think too much about oh, great heroes in a battle royale, so cool. All right, awesome. But playing with it, it's actually yeah. I mean, when you're playing maybe another battle royale game, your main focus is on all right, got to get supplies, and if you're getting in a gunfight, you're kind of wondering like. Oh, they might flank me, and then you're just kind of watching the corner where you last saw them. It's tense and it is fun, but you know that's 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 kind of all there is there. And I suppose Fortnite built on that by literally allowing you to build and destroy yeah. things. For Apex Legends, it doesn't let you do that with buildings, 
but it makes up for that by having like you said heroes with these these abilities so instead of just being in a gunfight you might be wondering oh they've got this kind of guy he's got these abilities i've got to watch out for that they've got this character she can go invisible and flank i need to be aware of this how do i counter these these characters so it's just another layer to this firefight and this battle royale that is surprisingly really really fun and i'm really enjoying it like i think it works fantastically for apex legends and this game that i had assumed would come out and maybe go the way of like PUBG or something no there was a game that had come out that hadn't done very well and i can't remember uh, at all what it games. was yeah <laughs> i can't is remember is it a br game specifically uh, it, it might have been uh, i oh my goodness i remember reading that it was a <laughs> catastrophic failure or something but i can't remember like oh i thought i thought it would go the way of that hero shooter um lawbreakers oh that God. also had heroes and kind of an unreal tournament e twist on that genre and it was competing with overwatch and overwatch just kind of yes <laughs> i mean i wouldn't say obliterated lawbreakers because lawbreakers never really rose at all it never really even competed with overwatch and yeah. i kind of thought oh great another Battle Royale game. Okay, it's just going to come out. A couple thousand people are going to play it, and then everyone's going to say, this game kind of sucks. And Fortnite and PUBG uh, are going to remain on top. But no, Apex Legends has apparently surpassed about 10 million unique players in three days, which is just... I mean, that's crazy. Over the span of three days for a game that was just dropped and announced at the same time. To have that yeah, many people I, already like play it. Definitely read their. Uh, they definitely read their audience, and they capitalized oh, yeah. on the idea of bringing in all these big streamers and everything to play the game and to promote the game. And I mean, sometimes that doesn't work, but in this case, it did work. And it's it's just it's it's insane. I I what I've played of it. Uh, the, I mean, it feels good. It the gunplay is good. The movement is cool. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool things about it. The d different heroes with the different abilities are really cool. I like how the robot can uh, zip line around. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't really know. I don't really know that I have like a like a favorite hero yet or anything, mm -hmm. or any that I feel super comfortable with. But I mean, yeah, I it's 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 a cool twist and it's been successful so far. So. I, I guess the the question now is like where does it go from here and they seem to have already started on stuff like competitive stuff I think something is coming I don't know the name off the top of my head some some sort of tournament is coming up this weekend already which to me oh that's insane because that's this fast. game just came out uh it's called the twitch rivals tournament hmm. um it's uh, presumably got some big streamers and stuff dr disrespect uh myth shroud uh, all these people who they i don't know uh, it seemed like they had probably paid a bunch of these people money to promote the game and stuff but then by getting the word out there i guess people seem to genuinely enjoy the game i'm saying like it doesn't it doesn't feel like like a forced effort to to, to you know to get people to to come play this game which is an obvious competition to stuff like fortnite and other stuff in the genre yeah i mean we would know if it was forced because the day after it was released, we'd have people saying this game oh, sucks yeah. and articles everywhere saying it's a disappointment. Absolutely. But so far, we're just, you know, seeing articles say, oh, it's it's a competitive Fortnite. Oh, it's really fun. We really like this about it. It surpassed, like we said, 10 million players in three days. So it's very evidently caught on, which I suppose is, you know, yeah, they, they sponsored a lot of these Twitch streamers. But 
the game is apparently really, really good. So, eh, hey, nothing wrong with that. So what about the idea that this game is apparently some sort of relation to Titanfall? Yeah, I, I know some people have been upset that... Um, the, the, I think the company that had made Apex Legends, Respawn Entertainment, I believe, had said that they wouldn't be making a Titanfall 3. And I know a lot of people were disappointed by mm. that and because a lot of people really liked the Titanfall games, even though yeah. Titanfall 2 didn't exactly do all that well. I, I don't really know anything about Titanfall. What I, knew, what I know of Titanfall is it has big mechs. Apex mm-hmm. Legends is apparently... A game in the Titanfall universe, but it doesn't have big yeah, robots. Yeah, it doesn't have the I, what? I, okay, I haven't played the Titanfall games. I don't know what the Titanfall universe looks like. So I presumably it's got big this, robots. I get that. Presumably, <laughs> the Apex Legends map is is representative of of what the Titanfall universe looks like. But yeah, it's it's interesting because I feel this game could have easily, you know, not been a titanfall game at all like not been even related and it, i what i'm saying is I, I don't believe the fact that it's a titanfall tie-in i guess have any i i don't believe that had any sort of impact on how well the game was received and how well it's it's doing in terms of player base and i don't think that but i, I don't think that they like necessarily were trying to push the idea that it is related to the titanfall universe um i think maybe they just kind of kind of wanted it to be sort of a nod or something i mean it's it's their own take on battle royale so i guess yeah. wherever they're gonna go with it and i've been seeing yeah some people who are mad that oh wow this titanfall game doesn't have titans and it's like well yeah they say it's kind of in the universe but it's not called titanfall apex legends titanfall is not in the title it's not even in like the subtitle it's just apex legends there's almost as far as i know no connection to titanfall uh, I, I, I'm assuming maybe there's some things if you're very familiar with the Titanfall games that you'll pick up on. But if not, I mean, you're not missing anything. It's certainly not one okay. of the mainline. The other thing that uh, that I heard, um, despite them saying they're not working on Titanfall 3, mm-hmm. the CEO of Respawn said on Twitter, he said, tons of things planned for Play Apex in the future. We are committed to listening to player feedback, blah, blah, blah. We are also working on more Titanfall for later in the year wow what does this mean like okay so it's not titanfall 3 um he said it won't be a vr title but he said presumably it's some he said it's some sort of premium titanfall experience what does that mean is it like is it a titanfall spin-off it's it's probably not a titanfall mobile game because i guess one of those already exists i yeah i don't know if it's not titanfall 3 but it's a premium experience Right. I, I I don't know. It would be a spinoff of some sort, but I, I don't I don't know what the scope of it would be because it, if it's not Titanfall three, I don't I don't know. It just sounds like it might be narrower in scope, or I don't know. I I cannot comprehend what a new premium Titanfall that is not Titanfall three would be. I can't really see like Apex Legends having a direct impact on people's perception of Titanfall. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like there's got to be a lot of people playing X- Apex Legends who have not really made the Titanfall collect- co- connection. Uh, um, I think most people. I, I don't think, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's a, an essential part of that game whatsoever. And no, so yeah. I, I wonder if they're, I, I wonder if the plan is to 
use Apex Legends as a springboard to revitalize Titanfall and interest in Titanfall, which if that's the case, I don't think is going to go very well. Because you can look at Fortnite, which launched as uh, Fortnite Save the World, mm -hmm. and then it spun off into Fortnite Battle Royale, and now Fortnite Battle Royale is the game people know, and fucking almost nobody knows what Fortnite Save the World is. I think it's kind of similar with Apex Legends and its predecessor, the Titanfall games. Yeah, which I, I don't think they're, they're going to be trying to use Apex Legends to revitalize Titanfall. Um, I mean, Titanfall 2 was well-received, but it was launched between big releases, some of which were EA's own games. So right. EA very evidently sabotaged that game's release, or at least they they did they didn't set it up to succeed. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just wondering. Apex Legends is this own is its own experience. Yeah, there's apparently there's some slight connection to the Titanfall universe, but I think that's maybe just because the developers really like the universe that they had created for Titanfall, and they kind of like a lot of the design and aesthetics of it. And rather than creating a whole new oh the Apex world, they're just saying oh it's it, it's in the Titanfall universe. So they can keep some design continuity. But aside from that, I can't imagine it having too much to tie in or, or do with Titanfall, the series, and the upcoming premium game that is not Titanfall 3, whatever that is. <laughs> right. The premium Titanfall experience. I hope that's the launch title of the game. It's called The, the Premium pre Titanfall Experience. Wow. So we started playing Far Cry 5. We're a bit late to th that, but it has been an experience. Um, yeah. Yes, indeed it has. Um, it's certainly a Far Cry game. Uh, it's uh, There's a, a ton of similarities in layout and gameplay between it and Far Cry 3 and Far Cry 4 and the other Far Cries. But um, Okay, I'm a dumbass because I'm familiar with the other Far Cry games because like, I've, I've played a, a couple of... But I I haven't played I haven't played Far Cry three I haven't played Far Cry four I know what these games look like mm -hmm. I know what they play like I've seen gameplay and stuff but I myself haven't played through them I do remember having disc copies of Far Cry one and two I believe and I never I don't know I never really got into them I it's it's not like I think they're bad games I just there was something about them that didn't really convince me to play them all the way through. Mm -hmm. And I might feel the same way about Far Cry 5 if not for the fact that it has a co-op feature and that's kind of what we've been doing and that was kind of our motivation to pick it up. Yeah, um, yeah I've never been the, a real big fan of the Far Cry games. I really liked Far Cry 2 when that came out because I had never really played an open world shooter. Um, yeah. But after that, I've kind of found the Far Cry games very similar um, which okay, yeah, it's like no shit. They're all Far Cry games. <laughs> what, what do yeah, you expect? No, I mean it's but, interesting. It, it feels like a series that is. And okay, I'm not. Uh, I'm not up to date on Far Cry lore, so I might be wrong. <laughs> but I, I feel like it, they're intended to be treated as a very like anthology like series, like an anthology TV show in which yeah. each episode it follows a similar theme, but none of them are necessarily related or necessarily take place in the same like show universe whatsoever. Yeah, the only thing that connects them is the type of game they are. They are Far Cry games, but aside yes. from that, stories, characters, nothing really in common. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, from what we've played of Far Cry 5, it's been pretty fun in co-op. I, I might have some gripes about some things about the game. Namely, 
the fact that, oh, we're in this rural place in Montana. There's no connection to the outside world. And that's why this this cult is using this kind of time to take control. But we're driving around and there's lots of people with suitcases on their cars who look like they're out camping. Well, okay, hang on. This raises a question on my end. When you when we play a Far Cry game, are are we supposed to feel like what's happening is realistic or are we supposed to feel like we're goofing around in the world of Far Cry? I would say goofing around in the world of Far Cry. Okay. But what I'm saying is... That's kind of what I lean towards. Yeah, but what I'm getting at is I don't feel like they set it up or like adhere to their own setup. What I'm getting at is... Oh, we're in rural Montana. They've cut off connection to the outside world, and they're we're fugitives. But everywhere we go, there's like vans and family cars. It's this is the most populated place in Montana. It feel it feels like it's the most populated part of Montana because there are cultists driving everywhere. There are civilians everywhere. It's crazy. I don't feel like I'm in rural Montana, and we rarely yeah, get. I, I- a piece of like a moment of quiet a, uh, like just a second to breathe yeah i think it's it's a it's a kind of a fatal flaw in a game that it's man i feel like this game is is so very close to being like one of those perfect gaming experiences if there yeah. was just a way to go into the options and like dial back the population or like dial down the number of encounters that happen like because yeah. the way it is you can't drive like three yards without running into either a bear a, a, <laughs> a cult like van a shootout some dumbass like getting captured by cultists yeah it's just it's like- this this there's no and and it's it's weird because they they give you things to do that are spo- that that are presumably like there to pass the time like fish and stuff but it doesn't really give you any opportunities to sit and actually do that mhm not when yeah. you're like traveling at least I, and I mean, i'd like to i'd like to play the game on harder difficulties even but but that and sounds what, like a nightmare. That yeah, sounds well, like I do, I do appreciate like a challenge. This screen's going to be a red vignette the entire time. <laughs> yeah, and well, I'd like to, you know, to have for these gunfights with these cults to have some weight and impact, like fighting for survival. I'm not. I'd be out of my mind to play this game on hard, at least from what we played so far, because I'd play on hard and then driving down the road, I'd be annihilated by twelve thousand cultists, and I don't want to yeah. deal with that. Do the earlier games in the series have this same issue? Uh, Far Cry Two, I remember trying to take itself very realistic and seriously. Yeah, I don't. I, from what I played of Far Cry Two, I don't remember it having like an oversaturation of encounters and of enemies and stuff. Yeah, Far Cry Three had quite a few, but I still feel felt like there were times I could just stop and like go hunt for an animal. And okay. same in Far Cry Four. I, so I, it's, like, I mean, I guess it's just like a a balancing issue, I guess, with this new iteration. And I, I my yeah. hope is that they would. I, my hope is that they have heard this complaint because we're not the first ones to complain about this. Yeah. My hope is that they've heard this complaint and that they will keep that in mind for future games. I, I, I bet they have. Um, I've never been the biggest fan of the Far Cry games, but I mean, the people who do like the Far Cry games, and there's a lot of them, they're quite vocal about a lot of these things that, you know, if it impacts the fun in the game, they let Ubisoft know and I, I mean, Ubisoft took time off with Assassin's Creed to pretty much redesign that entire franchise. I'm pretty yeah. sure that they will certainly take the time and address these concerns in regards to what people didn't like in Far Cry 5, like right. enemy encounter rate and so on. 
Yeah, I mean, even with Far Cry New Dawn is not all that far off, I wonder if they've had any time to implement changes like that, just based on reception to Far Cry 5. Mm-hmm. It seems like a case of... Uh, I, I'm not sure. It seems like a case of, like, you know how Far Cry uh, Far Cry Primal was, like, kind of a spinoff of Far Cry 4? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not really too clear on whether Far Cry New Dawn is intended to be, like, Far Cry 6 or if it's just intended to be its own entry, kind of like Primal was, and like a companion piece to Far Cry 5. Judging by, I think it's only $40. I'm assuming it's going to be another companion piece. Okay, so, I mean, I don't know. If it's a companion piece to Far Cry 5, and it kind of has some of the same issues to Far Cry 5, I I guess that would be kind of understandable. But I would hope that at least by, like, the next entry of Far Cry 6, Mm -hmm. um, that they would have addressed a lot of these concerns about... Um, there's the, the game needs a breathing room. It's, it's, I don't know. It's as simple as that. It, you can look at breath of the wild. That's one of the things that people admire most about that game is that there are just these moments of, of it really motivates you to explore because it's not constantly bombarding you with waves of enemies. Yeah. 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 And with that, I mean, you, you, you can take the time to actually look around you. Oh yeah. I mean, the game is like, the game is gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, to, to give you time to you know look around and get and like think about where you are what this was what you're going to encounter or what you did encounter in the past there's it gives you time to breathe oh yeah and with far cry 5 it's yeah the game look far cry 5 is gorgeous during the daytime it's it's fantastic it looks like montana you know i've been out to montana it looks really really good the game is gorgeous but I can't really acknowledge that because there's a Wolverine biting a cultist's face off. And then there's a truck that just ran into a civilian right behind me. It's like the, too much is going on. Just give me a break. That's there's all a, I need. There's a few minor gripes. Like my, I feel like my guy has some sort of eye disease because he's his eyes do not naturally adjust to the outdoor light when he travels from inside to outside yeah i I, (laughs) I don't it's not those are those are very minor and they might even be like stylistic things that i'm just not down with yeah 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 yeah. it's i mean it's it's, i I would bet my money on it being stylistic because hdr as in with games has been around for quite a long time that usually adjusts the brightness of places quick enough that it doesn't become a problem but Far Cry 5, yeah, I mean, coming out of a dark building outside, even though you can see the bright doorway, your eyes, like, take way too long to adjust. It's painful. Yeah, it's every time you every time you exit a, a building, it's the opening scene of a Fallout game. <laughs> yeah, you're coming out of the uh, Vault 101 for the first time. But it's like, it's just like, like Marjorie's house or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or some, yeah, just some shack out in the middle of nowhere and your person's awestruck by the sunlight yeah we have uh quite a bit more far cry to play we have uh more companions to find we need to we need to rescue cheeseburger uh yeah Uh, not that i don't don't like boomer because uh i think boomer is my favorite dog ever but but we we got to get cheeseburger operation save cheeseburger ladies and gentlemen it's a go my my plan is to go back through some of the far cry uh series and experience those games just so that i know uh, what games have been like leading up to Fallout 5. And, I mean, it's an interesting franchise, I think, because... Like, what? You said Fallout 5. I did? Yeah. Oh, shit. Oops. I 
played video games back when the only entry was Far Cry and I didn't necessarily see this as not that I was like an industry analyst or anything when I was eight but I didn't really see this personally as a series that would stick around this long I don't yeah, know I, like if that's a shared opinion or anything I, but I mean I guess the thing with that is Far Cry 1 is completely unrelated to Far Cry 2 and on like the the types of games and the gameplay are entirely different yeah like the I only mean, thing they share cry, is the name doesn't far cry one still have like the open world aspect uh it's got large environments i wouldn't really call it open world is it linear is it level based yeah yeah it's it's wow it's okay linear. it's been and, forever since and I at played a that, certain yeah. part you're fighting like mutant monkeys which is something you don't do in the other far cries oh it's, it's more this... of like a linear story-based shooter oh, okay wait so does far cry one have a fantasy aspect and the others don't uh, Far Cry 1 has like a science fiction-y aspect. A science fiction aspect, okay. Yeah, the others, I wouldn't say they do, with maybe the exception of the spin-off Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. But mm-hmm. yeah, the rest have all been like, you're in this isolated location, now go around and clear f- forts and shoot people. Okay. And they've been very open world. So we enjoy talking about games here on Hit Point Pals. If you enjoy listening to us talk about games... You can subscribe to us on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you really have enjoyed the episodes, we'd be very grateful if you shared this podcast with your friends. And even if you took the time to give us a positive rating on your favorite podcast service. For William and myself, this has been Hit Point Pals. We will see you guys next week. 